there you go. People have have a very fixed idea of you know, what healthy looks like or a particular aesthetic they want to get to. And it's quite difficult to persuade them otherwise. You're never too old to start. You can just integrate it into your everyday life, into your movements. Uh, just those movement patterns are so important. Like you were talking about sedentary lifestyle, just getting up and doing stuff around the house, doing stuff in the garden, going for walks. You don't have to go crazy. You're listening to the Stay Old Podcast with me, Sanjay. My aim with this podcast is to help you to become whole again. Through these discussions, I will help you to eat, live and move better. This means eating a more balanced diet to nourish your body with the nutrients it needs. Living happier, healthier and more productive lives through managing stress, improving sleep and connecting with people. And to move your body the way it was designed to move, helping you to remain mobile and injury free. Thank you for joining me. Hello and welcome back to the Stay Whole podcast. The health and fitness industry is a confusing place. Too many mixed messages to just get recycled as the years pass. One of the aims of this podcast is to help simplify the journey and raise the awareness that it really doesn't need to be as complex as it may first seem. My guest on this episode is 100% aligned with this message. Claire McNulty is the founder of Align and Thrive with the mission to create a space that promotes a holistic approach to wellness, a place for people to leave their troubles behind and begin to understand the greater connections between the body, the breath and the mind. Having been a student of yoga for 20 years, she took the plunge and became a yoga teacher in 2019. She is also a civil servant for the UK government, a wife and a mother of two boys. She understands the pressure, the stresses, the strains that we are all under in the modern world, whether it's as parents, carers, or simply just caught up in the corporate world. In this episode, we talk about her own journey into health and how what she thought was the picture of health was not what it turned out to be. Claire talks about the moment that she realized that she wanted to follow her passion, what she has learned along the way, and how she overcame hormonal issues and how she incorporates staying well into a busy life. We discussed the band-aid approach to health, which I'm glad to say is changing, but it's still ingrained in the mindset of the general population. Towards the end of the episode, Claire shares some simple and effective ways that you can get started for yourself, so be sure to stick around until then. So here she is, Claire McNulty. Claire, thank you very much for joining me on the Stay Whole podcast uh, this morning. Um, Could you give my listeners a little bit of background about you and who you are? Hi, Sunday. It's really nice to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me on. So my name's Claire. I um, have a yoga and wellness business called Align and Thrive. I'm also a um, full-time civil servant and a mum, so quite a lot going on. Um, And I think that's probably what drew me to yoga and wellness in the first place. So I trained as a yoga teacher just over a year ago, and I've been delivering corporate sessions and online sessions during the lockdown as well. Excellent. Yeah. So we go all, all of us are sort of changing this to this new normal, aren't we, of doing these online sessions? And uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Even myself, obviously, finding a lot of our work in the in the prevention program is becoming online. I reached out to you actually because I saw your uh, fitness page on Instagram. You have you have a couple of accounts which will come to, but it was the fitness page that I first looked at, and what was interesting interesting for me is that you were doing things that were relatively 
I don't want to say simple, but just trying to apply sort of practical day-to-day things. Like I think the, the post that really caught my attention was the one that you had when you had your rubber gloves on and you're doing some dusting and you were talking about, you know, just doing exercise and, and you know, moving around the house. And I think that was what really attracted me to, to look at your site. And then I obviously discovered that you were into the yoga practice. And although you've only been a teacher for, for a relatively short period of time, you've been doing yoga for, for many years, right? Yeah, that's right. So I had quite a long convoluted journey really to becoming a yoga teacher, but I wasn't a particularly sporty child. And as I grew up, I kind of went through my 20s, not being particularly fit and healthy, although I did tend to walk everywhere. But I did come across yoga. I think it kind of exploded. It became very fashionable and well-known through like celebrities like Jerry Halliwell and all these kind of skinny people and that was at the height of you know this kind of waif trend with Kate Moss and all of those things so I became attracted to it just through that really just because of the aesthetics of it which is really when you dive a bit more into yoga absolutely not what it's about and so I started practicing then but very soon after just starting practice I realized it wasn't really about weight loss it was much more than that and I practiced regularly for about six or seven years but then I uh, moved away to a different area I didn't find a class that I really settled into work got busier I had children and I just kind of lost my practice lost my way really around my health and well-being you know, was spending all my time thinking about my little ones and not really about myself and then put on quite a lot of weight, felt really, you know, a bit rubbish, not particularly healthy, sluggish digestion, Um, had some hormonal issues, which I think, you know, we don't often hear about in the health and wellness industry very often, but that had a really big impact on um, my day-to-day health and how I felt and my skin and all sorts of things. And then I came back to health and fitness in my in my 30s, in my mid-30s, so I wasn't particularly young, I wasn't particularly fit, I was quite overweight and I started doing online programs and also going to the gym um, and that was very much focused on strength training and cardio and calories and macros. So, you know, focused really about a, a fat loss, I'd say, rather than health and well-being as a whole. And then over time, I think I started suffering from something called adrenal fatigue where I was kind of, you know, my my kind of baseline of where my my baseline of where my uh, mood and my sleep and everything was kind of way above where it should be. I wasn't really able to uh, relax very much. And so that's when I went back to yoga and my yoga practice. I found a studio that I really loved and I started practicing there and then all of a sudden I just kind of got this idea actually I was I was in a pension workshop and we, I, we were being told how long we'd have to work before we could draw our pension and I remember thinking I really don't want to do this for another like 25 years I really want to do something else and I really want to do something that I'm passionate about and I really want to pass on all the things that I know you know I've learned over time about well-being to other people and I came out of this kind of pensions workshop, started researching yoga teacher trainings that very same day. And I think by the weekend I had signed up for one. So it had been around in the back of my mind, but it just took something like that, I think, to give me an actual push to um, to actually go and do it. And then the benefits in my life have just been so fantastic that I just want to share that with other people. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it, that we've all 
you know, whatever, whatever stage of life you're at, whatever part of your journey you're on that we, we talk about, I talk about this before about finding our purpose and we may go through decades of our life and think that we're, we're in a, a job or a, or a position that is what we're meant to be doing. And something happens, something triggers you to say, actually, maybe this is not what I I'm here for. This is not what I'm meant to be doing. And, and often people ask me, well, how do you know what, what it is? And I think when you know, it's almost like it's it's knocking the door so hard that it's hard to ignore it, right? And, and for you, it was that moment listening about you know how long you have to work for and and to to, to actually uh, to, to have your pension and, and to survive. And I think that is, it was a trigger for you. But going back a little bit as well, you you got into yoga interestingly for weight loss. Is that right? Well, that's initially what sparked my interest. I think because there were so many people in the public eye that were doing yoga and they looked a certain way because you know they're celebrities and they do tend to look a certain way so that's what initially attracted me to it but very quickly I really started to understand the benefits of just stretching and you know kind of mobility work rather than just walking or running or you know, those kind of movements where you're just going back and forth, you know, in yoga, we move in all different planes of the body, you're twisting, you're bending, you're you're back bending. And also the mental health benefits were amazing. I really felt I needed that weekly yoga session, I needed, in a way, somebody like the yoga teacher to give me kind of permission to stop and just, re- yeah, just stop and be and not be always doing things and not always be be thinking about things and so that break in my week became really important and then you realize well you know this is accessible to me all the time I can I can do yoga especially now when we've got the internet and when I started we didn't have that so you know that is always accessible to you whenever you need it and the breathing breathing techniques and just really simple stretches to bring you back to your body out of your head and into your body is I think what I took away most from from my yoga practice but there's so many different styles and types of yoga that people get very different things from it you know some people see it it do very kind of athletic style of yoga where they're going to be doing handstands and you know all of those quite difficult those all the more difficult things and they find that challenge and that repetition that you have to do to be able to achieve those things they find that relaxing um or there's other styles of yoga that are um you know more focused on meditation or breathing exercises and so i think there's such a big variety that there is really something for everybody yeah i like what you said there about the importance of 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 the mobility and the flexibility and it's something you know you didn't go into yoga for that your your intention for going into yoga was weight loss so first of all i mean it's not a, a traditional route someone thinks of weight loss and doesn't really have much understanding of the world of health and wellness we often think of you know like you mentioned running and going to the gym and you know eating a, a healthy diet or you know or restriction in, in in certain cases depending on you know what what sources you're looking at but for you it was looking at you know the world of the celebrity and people that were doing it and oh, i want you know and, and this is common I want to look that way. What did that person do? Uh, and in, in your case, it was yoga and uh, you went into it for the aesthetics to, to look a certain way. But actually what you found was a lot more powerful, right? It was that, and I think this is the missing piece for a lot of people. I've been a personal trainer for a long time. And, and I, and I, at first when I started, I used to get confused as to why someone who would be coming to the gym every day 
who would be you know, relatively eating a, a good diet, but would be struggling to whether it was to lose weight or they'll be struggling with fatigue or they'd be struggling, you know, um, with, you know, you mentioned hormones and all these different things. And, 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 and I didn't understand at the time that there's this other side to your wellness. It's not just about the food that you eat and, and the movement that you do. Of course, they are two big, important components. But the mental fitness, if you want to use that term, is is so important because what's whatever's going in in your head and in your in your uh, your mental health and your uh, your hormonal health, your holistic health is going to have profound impacts on your physical health as well. And if that's not in sync and it's not in balance, then the body's just not going to let you let itself be, as you as you quite right nicely put. You know, and I think when you start a practice of yoga. It's that sense of I can just be and I can just let my body and my my mind heal itself. And, and I think that's such a such a powerful experience. And and you can only really experience that once you do try something like this. How long was it before when, once you started that this revelation uh, was, was obvious to you? So I think um I had been doing yoga I mean the first time round. I had probably been doing it for a couple of months when I really started appreciating the, the the benefits of it. But obviously then with things that happened in my life and I came back to it at a much later stage, a good kind of 10 years later, I really came back. I really came back to it. And that was after a period of doing lots of intense workouts, you know, more going to the gym, doing lots of strength training. And like you said, I think a lot of people come to yoga for healing or, you know, they feel that, that something is out of whack, something is out of balance or through injury as well. And, and people use it to, to rehab or as a, as a compliment maybe, or they're told to go and do yoga by a, a chiropractor or their GP. Um, so as a teacher, you see lots of people coming to you that have kind of niggly issues that have been told to give yoga a try and, I think as well with I was I was doing loads of exercise. I had gotten down to um, you know a size that I was thought was you know my kind of optimum really, but it was very difficult to stay there. My life had been a really about macros and calories and working out, um, and also you know I had built up a little community on Instagram and we were talk to each other and post pictures and trying you know before and after pics and that kind of thing and it really got to the point where it was like why am I doing this you know what why does there always have to be an after pick what why is there always a before and after when do you ever get to a point where you think okay well I'm content now and I think the the, the fitness industry you know, it thrives off the fact that we're never going to be content with where we are. And we always want to be, you know, that step further. And there came a point with me where I, I just, I, I felt it was, it had all become a little bit pointless. So, you know, I was healthy, or I saw myself as healthy, but actually I had all of these other niggly problems. I had, I was suffering from migraines, I was suffering from acne, I was suffering from tiredness, and all of these were symptoms were, were symptoms of hormonal imbalance, which I wasn't going to be able to address with the lifestyle that I was living, which from the outside seemed to be, um, in quotes, you know, healthy because I was going to the gym and I was eating a certain way. But there was a really big part of the puzzle missing. And that was about giving myself the time and space to rest, 
giving my body a more nourishing type of movement that wasn't so um, intense and actually dialing down on the intensity of my workouts bringing in more yoga um, bringing in more just kind of awareness throughout the day of you know how to use the breath how to move to you know I do a desk job so make sure I'll be be able to get up and move around and stretch and do some deep breathing when I needed to all of those things really help with hormonal balance as well and that can have a good knock-on effect on things like sleep so that's how my kind of journey through kind of fitness and yoga has has really gone over the last couple of years yeah i think you're absolutely right the fitness industry it you know the the outcomes sell don't they you you talk about the before and after pictures and you see them all over social media and there is an element of that that is attractive in itself but i think in a way it's also misleading as a, as a picture of health because the picture of, of what we call health or wellness and the complete picture of it isn't about what you look like in the mirror. It's a, it's a combination of things and, and all those other. And I think for you, the discovery was that, oh, I, you know, uh, you know, you're also right when you're saying, how long, where do I do this? Is before and after. Well, where's the end? You know, where's the end? What's the end picture look like? And there isn't an end picture, is it? It just keeps on going and going and going. And that's just the way the human mindset is also. But I think you came to a realization that actually I'm healthy, I'm fit. I've, you know, I've reached my goals when it comes to the way I look or how much I weigh or what size I want to be, but I'm not feeling like I should be, or I thought I would be. And, and, and so all these other issues start to, to come about. And I think that's when that, that wake up call is for a lot of people to say, actually, well, what else, what am I missing here? And certainly you talked about yoga in the sense of just being able to slow down and, and, you know, just allow your body to be and, and repair itself. And I think that's an important point for, and I want to highlight that because, People want to, to, to lose weight, they want to get fit, they want to get healthy. And yes, exercise is is one way of doing it. But one of the one of the areas of, of research I'm looking into a lot recently at the moment is about uh, sedentary behaviors in that you can have someone who goes to the gym, you know, once, you know, once, uh, maybe once a day, maybe a few times, let's say the average, you know, three times a week, they do an hour workout. And they might do the same workout week in, week out. And if the rest of their day they're spending you know, sat down in the sedentary and displaying sedentary behaviors, then that hour workout isn't really, you know, they're almost offsetting it by doing the, all that sitting. And often the the workouts that people are doing are, are very intense and intense workouts are great and they have their place. However, if your body is not, you know, in balance, if you have hormonal issues, if you have some kind of chronic inflammation, which has been caused by whether it's some sort of autoimmune condition or whether it's through your diet, and then on top of that, you pile on, you know, your hit, your Tabata and your, you know, your intense spin classes and things like that, then all you're doing is just adding to that inflammation and your, your body doesn't have the ability to fight it. So what's, what's required here is, is almost like pressing the reset button. And, that, and that's how I explain to people why they should be doing things like restorative movements, whether that's yoga, whether that's Pilates, whether it's just doing some, like you said, at your desk, standing up, doing some stretching, you know, undoing some of the, 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 the behavior patterns of, of sitting down, um, opening up and lengthening those muscles. I think that ha- goes a long way to helping the body to, to, to benefit from all the other things you're doing. And if you use the analogy of a car, you, know, you can't just rev a car, you know, f- 
you know, foot to the floor the whole time. There has to be a time where that, that engine has to rest and recover. Otherwise, it's going to burn out. And I think this is something that we're seeing in, in modern society where, and I've seen it from, you know, like yourself, I've come from a corporate background. I've worked in, a, worked in an office job uh, until you know, the last sort of 10 years or so. And you see people who, you know, on the outside, they look really healthy and fit. But you can see and you can sense that there is there is stress, there are mental health issues, there is that the health you know is not really there, even though it may look like it is. And I think just having giving yourself that time to reset is so crucial. And this is where I find that yoga uh, yeah, plays a big part. And uh, for me, it was yoga. Then eventually, I went moved kind of more into Pilates. But just helping my body recover from all the you know all the the, the abuse, if you want to put it that way, I've given it through through my exercise, and again for me it came very very late in life. And uh, but the message there is it's it's never too late, right? You can always do something. Yeah, absolutely, it's never too late, and it's never too early as well. I mean, I, I've got a son at university, and from the age of sixteen, he's loved going to the gym and really bulking up. But he, now his mobility is absolutely terrible because he's kind of got these big muscles but you know his, his mobility especially around the top half of his body and he's you know suffers from neck pain and various other things that I'm trying to help him with and trying to get him to do yoga and he's had a bad back recently and he's got sciatica and he's you know he's only a young lad and you know having a, a yoga teacher for a stepmom really you know you'd hope that that wouldn't happen but there you go people have have a very fixed idea of you know what healthy looks like or a particular aesthetic they want to get to and it's quite difficult to persuade them otherwise but you know there there is no you're never too old to start you know my husband has just started actually he's been doing some yoga this morning because we went paddle boarding yesterday and we've got a bit stiff around the hips and the quads so we did some yoga this morning and you you can just integrate it into your everyday life into your movements um, just those movement patterns are so important, not like you were talking about sedentary lifestyle, just getting up and doing stuff around the house, doing stuff in the garden, going for walks. You don't have to go crazy. You can find you know, some short videos online. You don't have to say, oh, I'm going to do yoga now. I have to go into a quiet space and be doing it for an hour you know, I, if that was the case in my life, I would never be able to do it. I just have to get my mat out and stick it down in the middle of the living room where it's quite noisy in amongst my, you know, children and <laughs> get on with it, stick my headphones in and, and get on with it. Even if it's just 20 minutes of gentle stretching or, you know, sometimes more vigorous stretching because I feel like doing something uh, a bit more challenging. So, yeah, just integrating as much as, as you can into your daily into your daily life is often just the best way because it's really the consistency that matters and not so much like you said you know you can go and do a really hard workout for an hour but if you're doing nothing else that workout isn't benefiting you as much as it could be yeah absolutely and and the gym look i'm a big advocate of the gyms i've worked in gyms i've you know i've spent a large portion of my life in gyms however one of the things i I see a lot and i have seen a lot and i still see it um, but is that people who do have these uh, relatively sedentary desk jobs and look that's that's the way life is at the moment there's not much if you if you're in that technology has made things easier uh, so we have to sit down a lot but if you are in that environment yeah you're absolutely right in what you said staying moving during the day is crucial um, however, they will go to the gym and they would 
then sit down in the gym. So this is where the machines, you know, I have a, as, a, as a trainer, I have a big issue with with machines. And look, they have their place. But if you've come from the gym, uh, sorry, from the office, and you've been sitting down all day, and then you go into the gym and you're sitting on a machine and moving in a movement pattern that is so rigid and so, um, you know, one directional. Uh, and you mentioned it earlier when we were talking about, you know, rotating, twisting, you know, bending. The human body moves in every way that's you know it's possible we are, we're a fluid movement machine your joints are very mobile and and if you are not if you are not using that that movement and that mobility that you have then of course you're going to lose it and look the brain and the human body is amazing that the brain will make you or your body good at everything that you do right so if you you know if you could do yoga a lot i mean eventually you get better at doing yoga if you go running a lot you'll eventually get better at running conversely if you're sitting a lot well, then your body will make you good at sitting. And people say, well, how does it do that? Well, the way it does that is it says, well, hey, your hip flexors, for example, are in this position where you're sat down and your hip flexors just, you know, just by your hips, they, they bend your, uh, they bring your thigh towards your, uh, towards your face or your torso. Then if you're in that position a lot, then the brain goes, hey, you know what? I'm going to shorten that muscle because you're not using it that much and you like to have it in this position. So I'm going to make it comfortable for you to be in that position. It's just making you better at what you're doing. Similarly, your shoulders, you know, you, you start rounding your shoulders because you're sat hunched over a keyboard and looking up at the monitor. And again, over time, the brain goes, okay, well, you like to do this a lot. So I'm going to make it comfortable for you to sit hunchbacked with your neck, you know, tilted up and or your head tilted up. And then you mentioned your, your son getting neck pains and things like that. Well, again, that can be as a result of what you do all the time. So it's important that when you're doing your physical activity or your exercise, you do think about all the movements that maybe you're not doing in the day. So I always just think of it, you know, think, pick any joint that you've got. And if you start with the elbow joint, it's quite an easy one and say, well, move your elbow joint in all the different ways that you can. And obviously you can bend your elbow, you can straighten your arm. You've got a little bit of rotation in there and that's pretty much it. Well, go through every single joint that you've got in your body and ask yourself, have I moved this joint in every direction that it's supposed to move in? Maybe not every single day, but you know, every few days. And that's important because if you don't, that's when that, that stiffness comes in. And I, 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 I sympathize or empathize with your son because I was that 16 year old kid who was going to the gym and wanting big muscles. And, and, you know, here I am many, many years later suffering because of it, you know, back problems, shoulder mobility, hip mobility is, is awful because my idea of health was I have to look like a, a fitness model or a cover model. And, you know, and, and that's fine if that's your goal, but I think neglecting the other side of it uh, and, and neglecting for me, this is how I've started to look at it recently, neglecting who you are as a human being and the movement that you are supposed to do, that's going to have profound impact on our health. Yeah, absolutely. And I always like to say we're, we're human beings, not human doings. And you know that that really links into the mental health aspects of yoga as well so n- kind of neglecting who you are in so many different ways if you focus just exclusively on one type of movement then you're missing out on so much and also you know your body might we were talking about burnout earlier and also stress in the body and the impact that that can have so you, know, you really just want to have a, a a, a large range of exercise that you can pick from and to have something like yoga or pilates in your weekly routine but also just to move your body in a variety of different ways is so important 
Absolutely. Uh, this You see this, I've seen this with even people who are, you know, semi-pro or quite serious athletes and they do a sport. And what they would do is that all they would do is, you know, if, I mean, I've worked with triathletes before and triath- triathletes, all they would typically do is they'll run, bike and swim because that's their sport. And yeah, triathlon is a different one, a tricky one because the, those three disciplines take a lot of, take up a lot of time in terms of training. But if you're not doing those other movements, then, you know, when, when at some point there's going to be a breaking point where the, the body just, just can't handle it. And I think just opening up the body and, and, and doing those different movements that you're naturally, you're born to do these movements. So, you know, people say, oh, I've always been, I've always been stiff, Sanjay. I've always been unflexible. Well, no, that's not true. Because I guarantee you, when you were born and you were a baby, you could probably sit there on your changing mat, if, if that you had a changing mat back in the day, and put your big toe in your mouth. You know, that's the sort of flexibility that we are all born with. But our behaviors, our habits have dictated our bodies to move in a certain way. And, and, and if you've been mobile and move, you've moved your whole life and you've, you've not been in a sedentary position, then of course, as you get older, you have, you have less and less problems. And, and I think that's an important thing to, for people to recognize. But you said something about your own practice there, just taking it, just slightly changing tax and subject a little bit about, you know, getting in whatever you can in the day. I think that's another big obstacle that people have, right? Especially in this modern world is that, oh, I don't have time. And consistency, again, you've said it, consistency is more important than, you know, doing, you know, an hour and a 90 minute yoga class. And in fact, I remember that something used to put me off of, of yoga because I think, God, 90 minute class, I haven't got time to do a 90 minute class. And then I thought, well, I just won't bother then. And actually what is the, the correct way to do it is exactly you said, just get it in, even if it's 10 minutes, if it's 15 minutes, you know, I'll often spend 10 minutes, just put, put a YouTube video on and put the telly on or put the news on in the morning, for example, recently. And I'll just sit and do some stretches or I'll get my foam roller out and it's a few minutes here and there and I'll do it, you know, in the middle of the day if I have a, have a couple of minutes. But all of that time is accumulated. It's almost that, that compounding effect, right? The, 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 the more consistent you are, just like sitting, your body slowly will get better at doing those movements and opening up. And, and that's so that's so crucial uh, when it comes to, 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 uh, to, to the body and, and, and injury prevention and things like that. I want to talk a bit about the the mental health side of things because I think this is uh, something that's I'm talking about more and more, and I, I want to certainly raise awareness about this more and more. And yoga definitely has its place when it comes to the the mental health benefits. What have you What have been your experiences with that? So I think we were talking before about how yoga gives you the space and time. It kind of it's giving yourself permission to slow down and stop. And the breathing that we do in yoga focusing on the breath, focusing on pulling the breath down to the diaphragm, like down into the lower belly. Most yoga classes will start with those breathing exercises and the teacher will prompt all the way through and then it will end with a shavasana. So, you know, just lying down and bringing the focus back to the breath again. And so that throughout the class will have a really profound impact on how you feel. So it will lower your cortisol level so the the stress hormone that we often have circulating too much it will lower that it will kind of eradicate it from your bloodstream in just over a minute if you do some deep breathing so that has a profound effect on the management of stress and you know we, we don't really want to be managing our stress we want to be trying to eradicate our stress altogether and and being able to respond to those stresses in our lives and I think once you are able to do that you're able to take that knowledge into the rest of your everyday life 
and we could do all different types of breathing exercises in yoga, but they all have the same or similar impact. And they can also help with things like core control, you know, feeling where your pelvic floor is and all sorts of benefits for the body as well. So just the exercise of taking your awareness to that breath has some really immediate benefits. And also you know, meditation, you know, the asanas that we do, the yoga poses that we do in the West is only one limb out of eight of yoga. So, you know, we only concentrate really in the West on those physical aspects but actually all the physical poses are there to prepare the body for extended periods of meditation. That's really why they exist. But meditation in the West is also taken as something maybe slightly separate. So you might do yoga and then you might do meditation separately to that. Um, whereas really, you know, if you're, if you're following the kind of classical hierarchy of it, until you've perfected all your asanas, you're not ready for meditation. What we tend to do is kind of mindfulness exercises and just taking the awareness, keep trying to keep the mind on a particular thing. So you might focus on something in the body, you might focus on the breathing, you might do something like an ob thought observation. So you're kind of taking notice of those thoughts that come in and out of the mind without getting caught up in them and then spiraling off into kind of a story in your mind and bringing it back and none of us are perfect at that we all have this monkey mind that likes to jump from one thing to another but actually starting to learn how to do that can have a, a fantastic effect on the rest of your life and giving you your mind that kind of quiet time is really energizing um, like we were talking earlier about how being on a kind of strict routine and schedule with you know your workouts or your runs or your triathlon training or whatever it happens to be you can you can lose sight of you know, the rest of your health and well-being and so that kind of meditative effect of yoga um, and the breathing exercises can really help to just give you that space and give your mind that quiet time that it really needs to bring back some balance to give you more energy to help with your sleep to combat any hormonal issues that you might have going on as well it's it's something that people are just the aware again it's just that awareness is not necessarily there in in the public domain in that you know the way i like to think about it is you know i, I if you think and I, I know i'm scientifically going to be incorrect here the, the brain is not a muscle but i like to think of it as if it were a muscle because if you use the analogy of a muscle and someone you know as a, as a fitness professional comes to you and says hey sanjay i want to get strong i want to get stronger or bigger arms well it's pretty obvious what we need to do and we need to go into the gym and we need to, to work on your arms and that if that's your goal that's great and you know you don't just go to the gym once to to, to train your arms and that's it oh, I've, I've trained my arms now because of course that's not going to be, be enough you have to come back and be consistent again something we've both just we've mentioned a number of times in this conversation you have to be consistent and come back and back and back and you've got to overload you've got to progress the exercise and, and, and build on it and eventually you will get to your goal of having bigger arms well, let's think about our mind for a second. So if someone is feeling very stressed or is feeling anxious or is feeling that like they have this lack of time and they're just, you know, life is getting away from them, you've got to stop and think, well, where is that all that's coming from? And it's coming from within our minds and our brains. So if you say to someone, well, look, do you would you like to slow all of that traffic down in your mind? Would you like to have that feeling of having more time and having more space and having more energy to do all these other things? 
And they'll probably say, well, yes. And well, then the next question is just similar to some of that that came to me and said, I want bigger arms. My first question is, what are you doing to get bigger arms in the first place right now? And to that person that wants to have more time and more space and more mental capacity, you say, well, what are you doing to help yourself towards that right now? And often there isn't an answer. It'll be, oh, you know, I'll try to unwind. I'll switch off and watch TV or I'll, I'll read a book. And, and all those things are fine. But again, it's that consistency. It's It's turning up and it's, doing you know going through the motions doing and, and breathing i love that because it it all starts with the breath right i think you know breathing is something that's so important to to all animals and all life and think about when someone's stressed or, or anxious or you know scared you know, often that the, it's like hey just slow down calm down take some deep breaths right why is it that we take deep breaths because as you quite rightly said it has a physiological impact it lowers our cortisol levels it helps us feel more relaxed and anytime i've done any kind of breathing exercise with with especially with in our diabetes prevention groups when we do very very simple breathing exercises and you know it'll be a minute maybe two minutes and at the end i'll ask people how does that feel and the majority of people feel oh i feel a lot more relaxed in this moment and yeah look i've not eradicated and you haven't eradicated all your stress from your life but just having that feeling of calm and having that feeling of actually i do feel more relaxed can help you see things a little bit clearer it's that old saying i'll oh, just sleep on it and, and see how you feel in the morning if you've got an important decision to make because often just going away from it and, and letting things relax and calm down and you come back and you have a fresh approach right and that's exactly what we're talking about here yeah absolutely i think often you know so often now if i've got something that i that's swirling around my mind that i can't decide on you know i kind of will instead of trying to force some kind of decision or that often you know if you actually dial back go for a nice walk you know nature is very soothing do a yoga class do your breathing sometimes those the answers to those questions and difficulties that come up in everyday life will come to us a lot more naturally rather than trying to overthink it um and getting ourselves into a into a kind of stressed situation it's often what we need is the opposite. We need to try and clear our mind of the clutter that's there um, in order for the answers to kind of present ourselves, present themselves to us in a kind of a more sort of natural way, really, instead of just forcing it, you know, it just comes, it comes to you naturally. So I think it can, it can help in so many ways. And you often hear of, of executives and things that have their yoga practice in the morning and that's what helped keeps them going you know I, when I teach I teach at work and in my corporate classes I I I usually start with the more physical aspects of yoga because that's what people expect and like you were talking about hips and tight hips when you're dealing with people you know a lot of us spend a lot of time sitting even if you're not necessarily sitting at a desk all day you know, we're, we're a society set up to sit on chairs, aren't we? Like other parts of the world where there's not so many chairs. And also, you know, our hip flexors don't, it's not just that, but also our feet. So we've been sold this idea that we need big cushiony shoes and that they're good for us when often the absolute opposite is true. And we're best off having um, nothing on our feet as much as possible or as you know as little interference with our natural kind of foot position our feet are amazing things they've got more bones in, than any other part of the body and they're built for carrying us over all types of terrain not just kind of lovely flat roads that we've created for wheels to go on 
And so often people's mobility problems, their back problems, their hip problems come from this combination of having kind of dropped flat arches and then knees that aren't aligned and hips that aren't aligned and then combined with the sitting. I think that has a lot to do with the prevalence of back problems that we see because it all has such a knock-on impact on on the back itself. The unfortunate thing with with a lot of that, what, what you just said there, is that when people, when these things, when these symptoms manifest themselves in in us, we often take the wrong approach to deal with them. So you know, back pain, absolutely, you're right. You know, sitting can be a, a major cause of a lot of back issues. And, and I love the fact that you talk about the feet because this is something. Again, I don't know if you've read the book called What the Foot by Gary Ward. It's a phenomenal, and he he talks about this, and his whole practice is is designed on you know, if someone's got a back problem, the first thing he'll do is analyze the way they walk and look at their feet and see you know where are the imbalances. You talked about collapsed arches and pronation, supination, all these terms, and he'll look at that and just fix you know the way that someone walks is phenomenal it's amazing things he does and, and he will suddenly fix back problems or it's a neck issue or you know and even if you go back to eastern teachings like it's chinese or ayurveda and they do a lot of reflexology and it all starts with the feet and you mentioned n- number of bones i think there's a the number of muscles in the feet are more than anywhere else as well as nerve endings so there's a lot going on down there but the wrong approach i'm talking about is is that band-aid approach isn't it oh, i've got a backache i'll take a i'll take a painkiller that will get rid of the backache well, yes, it may stop the pain, but has it actually stopped what's causing the back ache in the first place? And probably not. But our our mindlessness, if that's if that's a word, um, of our of our day to day life, you know, we often, especially in 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 you know, people are living in cities and then they're working in cities and and, and major towns as, as we have in the UK. It, we're often in this autopilot mode and we're going through life with these blinkers on and we just don't even have time to think. Whereas when you can come into a practice of of yoga or, or mindfulness or, or however you want to describe it, it just makes you maybe more aware of these things and you know, more aware of your actions and, and what you're doing. And I think when you start to experience some of that, those benefits, it can then have, have a knock-on effect on, on other parts of your life. But that, that band, going back to that Band-Aid approach, I think that's what needs to be it. That's where the major shift needs to be from my perspective is that, again, just taking it back to the work I do with the diabetes prevention program, it's like, well, why can't I just take a medication to manage my diabetes? Well, yes, you can, um, but it's not going to go away, right? The, the, the problems are always going to be there and actually getting to the root cause of what's causing it. Um, just like, I guess you, you did as well with when you, 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 you became fit and healthy, you lost weight, but there was hormonal issues. There was, you know, all sorts of other, other problems that were there. Absolutely. And I totally agree with you about the band-aid, you know, medication had its place and obviously it can do fantastic things for people, but there comes a point where, you know, it's not the be all and end all. And actually, we are responsible for our own physical health. Yes, I can go to the GP. And yes, I can probably get prescribed something or I can go to the pharmacy that might be a quick fix. So, you know, for example, my migraines that I was suffering from, I was having stronger and stronger medication, and anti nausea medication on top of that, and I could have just carried on taking that, but the migraines were getting more frequent. Um, so what happens then if I get another medical condition on top of that, then I'm taking a huge amount of painkillers plus anti-nausea plus something else. And so often we kind of build up to this huge amounts of medication, especially in later life that you're juggling and everything has an impact and side effects as well. But we can control so much of these issues with our lifestyle and with lifestyle changes. We don't have to 
resort to medication in every instance you know there's some obviously some some types are absolutely necessary um, and keep people alive but a lot of the kind of niggling little issues that we have are often lifestyle issues and so my hormonal problems I've made a lot of lifestyle changes to get on top of those but I'm in my 40s now and my concern was that if I don't get on top of my hormonal issues now then when you know I'm heading into the menopause which is going to feel like some kind of hormonal apocalypse if I don't (laughs) if I don't do something about it and so you can do so much with with lifestyle changes I think people really underestimate the impact that they can have and you know hear doctors or health professionals saying oh well you need to eat healthy or get some exercise and people just kind of roll their eyes and go oh yeah okay I'd rather just have a pill that makes me better but it won't it might have a short-term impact but actually it's not going to solve the underlying problem yeah uh, you're absolutely right and and I think part of this is down to education and awareness and you know that and it's not yeah, uh, you know, the medical profession has a has an important part to play. We've all we've all experienced this. You know, we've all shown appreciation to to the, to the NHS for what's been going on recently. However, I think there needs to be a change in the way that health practitioners also are educating the public. Because up until now, it hasn't. It's, it's not been that the diet and exercise part has been has been mentioned. But that's it. There's nothing else. It's like oh, you know, you need to eat better and and lose a bit of weight someone leaves a a 10 minute GP appointment and they don't really know what that means or how to do that. Whereas it's so much easier. Oh, here's a prescription, go and take a pill and you go and do it and it works. And and you see an immediate response. You see an immediate effect. Oh yes, I had a, I had an infection. I felt, I felt rubbish and I took this and I felt, I feel better. So that works. And that's what I want to do. Unfortunately with these lifestyle changes, the impact or the, the the results that you see might take a little bit longer to, to, to get there because there could be a number of things that we have to address, as you've quite rightly said. But that is the, the, the getting to the root cause. And, you know, I'll use an analogy here is that, in, and often people, you know, we we treat the things that we own a lot better than we treat our own body. You know, if someone owns a car and they notice that their tire is flat, well, if all you did was just go to the petrol station and put more air in the tire, and then every few days you'd have to do that, you'd get pretty frustrated by having to go to the petrol station every few days to, to keep putting air in your tire. What would you do? Well, you'd probably take it to a garage or somewhere and say, hey, can you check out what's happening to my tire? Oh, look, there's a nail in there. Change the tire or take the nail out and fix the puncher. You've got to the root cause. And, and often people would do that, right? They, they wouldn't even hesitate. Oh, I need to fix my car. Whereas if something wrong with you, if you mentioned migraines, it's, oh, I've got a migraine. Here you go. Take, I'll take a painkiller and that gets rid of it. Well, you haven't taken the nail out. You know, there, there's a nail in there somewhere that's causing that migraine. And until you fix that or, or get rid of it, it's just going to keep reoccurring. And, and as you said, as we as we progress through life, you know, sim- I'm a v- probably very similar age to you. There are going to be other things that are going to come up that we're going to have to deal with. And if your foundation, if your if your base is already, you know, not functioning the way that it, c- it should be, then who knows what other knock on effects those are, these other issues that we're going to deal with as we as we progress through life are going to are going to have. So yeah, and and it works at both ends of the scale, right? Like we said, whether you're approaching middle age or getting past middle age, or even if you're starting your son, for example, it's important at that age to make sure that we prevent these things from happening in the future. You know, prevention is better than cure, and all that. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, 
it's important for people to understand and, and see that. And I think I think it's improving. I think seeing things like the, the diabetes prevention program that I work on, you know, that's something that is is free to the public and, and it's it's teaching people awareness, it's teaching people, you know, how to change habits. It's all good and well saying telling someone, hey, you need to eat more vegetables. You know, there've been 20, 30 years of, of maybe not eating that many vegetables or or not understanding what is a good diet. And then that's not again that that's not a flick of a switch, unfortunately. And and this is where, when I was a personal trainer, people would often come to you and think that you have this magic switch that you can flick. And unfortunately, that's not the way it works. You know, you have to go through this period where you adapt and you adjust and you learn and you apply and let things take their natural cause. And as you said, the the body has a has a great way of of dealing with things, and it's got a great way of telling you that something's not right. And I think the more we can start to listen to that. That, that message coming from the body. And this is, again, going back to the mindfulness aspect and the awareness aspect and the, the mental benefits of doing something like yoga. It can maybe help us to listen to those signals a little bit more because often we do ignore them. We just think, oh, it's just, you know, it's just the kids or it's just, I've you know, I've just had a baby and this is this is not, not, not it's going to happen or it's just stress from work. Well, actually sitting down and trying to figure out where your root causes are is going to can't go a long way to helping you to to get to that place that you want to get to yeah absolutely our you know our bodies communicate with us all day long they send uh, you know our body sends our brain millions if not billions of messages and we're often too ingrained in our thought patterns or we're too busy to actually listen to those to those messages and so i think yoga and mindfulness techniques give us that space and teach us how to tune in a bit more to our body and what it's what it's saying so at the end of my classes I always do a body scan from the toes up to the you know, the crown of the head and we just focus on our different parts of the body lying silently with our eyes closed just you know feeling any areas of tension any areas of tightness and just you know opening ourselves up to what is that do I need to do something about it I just need to acknowledge it being there and you can carry that through to so many areas of your life as well so your body is an incredible machine your body when you're asleep at night can turn the apple that you're ate into part of a human being it can heal you it can give you energy can do all sorts of things you know our body is a is an incredibly intelligent machine I think we all need to be open to giving our bodies what they need and what they're asking for so Back in the day, in the afternoon, after a, you know, I might have been to the gym early, taken my little one to school, gone to work in rush hour, had a really busy morning rushing around, bolted down lunch while I was sitting at my desk. And by the afternoon, my sugar and caffeine cravings were off the scale. You know, I couldn't function without having a couple of coffees and then something sugary to keep me going. And it's almost a joke in the office. You have the sugar shelf, which is, you know, where everyone puts the biscuits. And, you know, you go down and get your coffee and you grade the sugar shelf. And that was just kind of a normal part of corporate life. But actually, what my body is saying to me at three o'clock in the afternoon is I'm exhausted. I need to rest. I've done too much. And so dialing back my day and trying to manage my day better trying to make sure I got a break at lunchtime having more you know cutting out caffeine actually that was quite a big part of my journey and stopping that reliance on sugar and filling my diet with more nutritional food we're talking about people don't know how to get vegetables in and that's so true so 
I did uh, something called the Hormone Balance, Balance Plan with Angelique Panagos, who's a um, fantastic nutritional therapist. And she teaches you how to make smoothies, which are more vegetable-based, so not so much fruit-based, which will peak your blood sugar. And that's such an easy way just to get more veg in. You know, instead of having coffee, you can make yourself a smoothie with lots of veg in and have that at break time that will do so much more for your body and your energy levels long term than just whacking back the coffee and sugar so i think bringing these awareness to what kind of lifestyle changes that you can make that's something that i try and talk about on my instagram as well so you know it's not just about having protein shakes and banging back 10 chicken breasts a day it's there's much more you can do and around your vegetables and around your nutrition to make sure you're getting the things you need things you know seeds as well all sorts of things um making sure you're eating enough fat that's really important because our our hormones are made from fats they're kind of lipids and if you're not getting the amount of fat that you need which is often more than you think you need then your hormones are most likely to be out of whack i think food you know it has such a profound impact on you know on all parts of our physiology and, and biology that it again is underrated at what that can do and you mentioned that afternoon crash again you know you're absolutely right the the sugar shelf and the, the naughty cupboard or whatever you want to call it you know when when people are experiencing that again it's that band-aid approach isn't it it's oh i feel rubbish i feel low i just need something to 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 bring me back up oh what can i use i can use caffeine i can use sugar and you know again it's just putting that bandwidth but actually sitting back dialing that back and saying well why is it i'm feeling this way and trying to change it so that you don't feel that way is is where, where what the what the steps need to be and and the food is is a big big part of that um in that the nutrients you're putting in your body yeah of course you know you mentioned adrenal fatigue at the earlier and all these things that happen so yeah it's it's a it's a big part of it and just doing this again i think with especially with, with with all of this but particularly with food and exercise it's just overcomplicated a lot of the times and people feel like oh there's just too much i have to do to change in my diet in order to you know i've got to eat my five a day i've got to make sure i get my fats in i've got to get my vitamins i've got to get my micronutrients in i've got to get this and when they kind of are, are bombarded with this type of information it's just easier to go oh you know what i just can't be bothered i'll just carry on the way i am and in fact what you need to do is, you know, something we mentioned earlier is just doing something is better than nothing, right? So that that five minutes of, of stretching in that, that day, that's all you can fit in and you, you've come from a place of zero, that's going to step you in the right direction. So it might just be, yeah, I like the idea of a smoothie in the morning of, of basing it around vegetables. And again, we were living in an age where we've got all these resources, we've got technology, we've got YouTube, we've got Instagram, where you can go in and easily find free information that is is actually quite relevant. So if you want to just get more vegetables in, just you know go and figure it out it's not that hard and it could just be eating you know one extra one portion you know if again if you're coming from a place of none eat one a day start there see how that takes you see where you go and you know use the running analogy if someone wants to run learn to run a marathon and they've never run before well the last thing i'm going to do on their very first session with me is make them run because they've never run before we're going to learn to we're maybe going to go for a walk we're going to get their body used to moving and and slowly slowly you build it up and eventually you can get that person running a marathon and and you have to approach your body's health in the right way um so yeah it's not about going on a, a crazy diet to sort of restrict your body of of calories and nutrients and and you know shifting the weight or whatever it might be and then you know going back to, to how you were so um i really uh, like 
like that that way that and that approach to things because it's so important. I want to just move the conversation slightly into if someone's listening to this and they have been, you know, I'm, I'm sure we all have, have our struggles with, with, with a multitude of these things that we were talked about. If someone's sitting there and saying, well, yeah, okay, look, struggle with this, especially with the, the tight hips and the, the posture, the, the pain, especially back pain, whether it's migraines, what would be uh, some simple advice that you could give to someone who maybe, maybe right now they don't have time to, to, to do a yoga class. Okay. Let's just give them the benefit of the doubt that there is no time and, and, and they want to just they but they want to start on this journey. Um, I think what you can, you can do immediately, it depends, you know, what you're trying to, what you're trying to address, whether it's kind of overwhelm or, you know, if you haven't got time to do any yoga, then I'd suggest you might be suffering from more than like a lack of time. But yeah, if it's overwhelm, you know, you can, you can sit and close your eyes and focus on your breathing for two minutes I mean we've all got two minutes in our day even if you're sitting at your desk at work you can you can usually achieve that focusing on breathing right down into the belly for an in count of four hold for a second and an out count of six so that will have a pretty immediate effect in um in controlling those cortisol levels in your blood not kind of eradicating it altogether in the short term at least we can all do some simple stretches you know some stretches to the side stretching up stretching forward you don't have to be able to touch your toes you can just stretch forward onto a chair you can do you can look online for some really simple some simple yoga poses there's so much on youtube and that kind of thing that's absolutely free you can yeah look on my instagram has lots of ideas that align of thrive and Facebook and whatever social media you happen to be on. So yeah, there's so much you can do just to get your body moving. And you don't, you know, your body is an amazing machine. It knows how to move and what will benefit it. You can, you know, most of us know how to get into a lunge position. You know, you've got some kind of memory from PE back in the day. So yeah, you can get down on the floor and do a lunge position and see if that feels good. Often that just gets the hip flexors stretched, especially if you've been sitting down all day. You know, just really simple standing position. So if you stand and make sure you spread your toes, spread your weight into the balls of the feet, the sides of the feet, the heels, pull up on the arch, just that action will engage the knees and the thighs and the quads. If you lightly engage your feet, core and then roll your shoulders back and down open the palms into mountain pose that's a really active standing pose and will bring a great deal of benefit to your body and your spine you feel that spine elongation from the crown of the head up to the ceiling um, it's normally how we start our sun salutations but just getting up and standing in that pose pulling up on those arches you can really feel how that changes the alignment of your knees and hips and also can be an indicator if your arches are, are kind of caving in of how to counteract that in your normal day. You know, you can stop wearing your slippers in the house and wear bare feet as much as possible. That will have a great impact. So there's all sorts of little things that you can do when you get up in the morning. Just stretch your body for a couple of minutes in a way that feels good. It doesn't need to be a yoga lesson. You know, you can just stretch up, stretch down twist do some gentle twists to either side just getting that mobility back sitting sitting on the floor and cross legs can you sit on the floor can you get up from the floor without touching the floor that's quite a good indicator of what our mobility is like whether we can do that if you can't do that 
maybe practice. That's just something really simple you can do without having to go to a class or having any special instruction. There's some really good tips there. And, and you know, the, the thing I've taken away from that is, is, is just doing some small things on a regular basis, you know, standing, you know, there's the big advent of standing desks nowadays. People are, you know, again, just if you're spending that time and you don't have to spend the whole day standing, but yeah, taking one of the tips I give is, is you know, once an hour, just get up for two minutes, just just once every hour. If you're sat down, if you're having to sit down because your, your job indicates you have to for, for six or seven hours of the day, just once every hour, get up and just stand. And, and you said stretch. I like the stretching thing. I mean, the ironic thing is, is most people, when you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you do? Yeah. You stretch. <laughs> we have a yawn and a stretch and that's a natural thing. You look at babies. Dogs and cats. and. <laughs> Dogs and cats, they're always stretching. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the, one of the examples I use is you never, a cat, you know, if, if you see ever seen a cat, you know, try and chase after a squirrel or a bird or whatever it might be, you never see the cat stopping and having to have a warm up there, you know, do a quick you know, stretch like, you know, we would do if we go to the gym because they're always ready. They're, they're always in that state of 100% mobility and, and flexibility. And that, look, we can't all be that way, but we need to get towards that. We need to make sure that we're ready. So the morning time, yeah, absolutely is a key time, especially if you've been sleeping in the bed, you've been, you know, in the fetal position or whichever way you've, you know, your joints have been in the same position overnight. So waking up in the morning and doing something is, is important. But yeah, small things that you can do in your day are going to have a profound impact if it's wanting to lose weight or be more physically active. You know, we've, I've talked about this before and I'm sure you, you talk about this with your, uh, your, your, uh, clients and uh, members is you know just doing things like walking more taking the stairs you know um you know, whatever it might be just just try to change your body what your body is used to and slowly you know jumping you know if you've been very very sedentary and then jumping into that that high intensity interval training class is not it's probably not going to be the best thing for you because if your body's not able to move properly, then you're going to try and overexert yourself and then you might end up hurting yourself as you know, I've experienced that in the past and I'm sure many others have. And then what happens is you get put off. You say, well, look, I tried exercise and it didn't work for me. So, you know, I'm not going to do that anymore. So yeah, just, just slowly getting your body moving, uh, twisting, you know, all these movements that you probably don't do in a day are, are, are crucial and yes you're absolutely right there's lots of resources out there where you can find um you know good good information it can be you know it can be a, a the, the feedback i've got with that one in the past is that oh it's just i don't know what's right or what's wrong and and i think you just got to do what feels natural to you first and foremost and what you enjoy and i think if you enjoy it uh, you're more likely to s sustain it as well so i think there's there's a couple of bits there you mentioned your uh, your uh, your sites there can you just uh, for people that if they want to reach out to you they want to find out more about what you're doing um just talk about your uh, your brand and your your, your social yeah, media sure so um it's align and thrive so you can go to my website at www.alignandthrive.co.uk um, and there a little pop-up will come up and you can join my mailing list so anything new that i'm doing new classes obviously i'm teaching online at the moment um my class uh, is on a Friday morning at eight o'clock, but you don't have to be free at that time because you get a replay after the class. And it's called Beginners and Beyond because um, I like to teach, uh, well, beginners really, and people that are at the at, or at the start of their journey, or maybe they've done some yoga in the past and then they've come back to it after a break. So it's really about kind of accessible yoga. So 
often people don't feel comfortable going to a, a, a gym or a yoga studio first off if they've not ever done yoga before. And so it's a really nice way you can practice online. You know that the class isn't going to be mega difficult. We're not going to kind of just go straight into doing handstands or anything like that. I give lots of variations. So people come to the class and they feel like I've been able to do, you know, I've been able to do things. I haven't done a class where I've gone and I've felt disappointed or disheartened so I really want to empower people to feel good about their bodies and appreciate their bodies and be able to give that their bodies the love and respect that they deserve because they are really amazing and also to discover those mental health benefits as well so I think my mailing list is definitely the place to be if you want to find out about services Um, my social media my yoga account is at align and thrive Um, on Facebook it's at Align and Thrive Yoga and I also have more of a kind of blog page which is at the well mother underscore which I talk you know I'm not a nutritionist or a doctor Um, I do talk about my journey and the things that have worked for me on on my blog page as well. Great. And I'm going to, I'm going to put a link to all of those, uh, that Claire mentioned in the show notes. Uh, so you have, yeah, you'll have direct access, access to those. And I hi, highly recommend people go and check it out. Your website's beautiful. Thank I love you. it. Uh, I love the logo and the, the clean look of it. Yeah, absolutely. It's very, very informative. Um, and yes, so you can join the classes, uh, you know, online live or, or see the replays and it's just a good place to start. And yes, the, the two social media accounts, I think they're both, again, they're both really good, useful resources for people. And I, I just for me you know it's keeping things very simple that's again one of the reasons i had reached out to you is that when i saw what you were the messages you're putting out there it wasn't over overly complicated it was making it simple it was making it easy now doing a lot of stuff on habits at the moment and just making it easy for people is going to make it more accessible so yes if you're uh, interested even if you are read you know on a journey and you want to maybe have a look at a different way of doing things i certainly go and reach out to claire and uh, you you won't be disappointed uh, claire thank you very much for for joining me today i really appreciate you taking time out of your your schedule to uh, to talk thank to you, us Jay. it's been lovely to speak with you yeah and hopefully we can uh, we can see you to your, your your journey we can see you grow and you can come back again another time and uh, and tell us how how things have been for you uh, in, yeah, in the future that'd be amazing thank you thanks again to claire for joining me go follow her check out her website All the links can be found on the show notes page for this episode, which is www.stayhole.co.uk forward slash podcast forward slash 015. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please share it with someone that you think might benefit from it. I would also be very grateful if you could visit Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. This will help this information reach more and more people. I thank you. If you're a health, fitness or wellness professional and you want to be a guest on the show or you have your own personal health and wellness journey that you want to share, then please contact me via email. It's sunjay at stayhole.co.uk and sunjay is spelt S-U-N-J-A-Y. You can get me on Instagram and Twitter. It's at stayholelife or on facebook.com forward slash stayhole. I would love to hear from you. Thank you again to Purple Planet for all the music in this episode. And as always, thank you to you for listening. I am forever grateful. And remember to always stay whole.